So, what's on the agenda for today? Well, you know, I just got done with a blog uh-huh. um, talking about the fact that the Republicans and McConnell specifically are having a scam trial. Yeah, almost like they are co-conspirators to the uh, to the after-the-fact crimes. Yeah, now you think about that, okay? Before Trump was elected during the campaign of 2016, almost every single Republican, in fact, many hundreds of them, signed paperwork that said, you know, this guy should not be funded by the RNC. Uh, he's crazy. He's insane. Uh, you know, they have many, many posts of uh, Senator Graham talking about how crazy he right. was, and this guy's a nut. Now, all of a sudden, they're praising him like they're newly found Jesus. Right. Which is ironic since everything that he, he, you know, professes is antithetical to Christianity in the first place. Yeah, that's the other thing that's crazy is uh, if they use Donald Trump as their example of Jesus, then their uh, religion is a little screwed up. And you look at Trump's base and he certainly has, you know, a large majority of evangelicals and those that call themselves Christians. But, you know, when, it, when something or someone is so against the actual teachings of Christ, it actually makes you wonder, do they even read the Bible at all to understand that the person that they are following and they are pledging allegiance to is actually more like the Antichrist than the actual Christ? Yeah, absolutely right on, on that. At any rate, I mean, you know, talking about the serious nature of an impeachment of a president of the United States, and, you know, I think... Serious people that uh, are not basically members of a cult who, <laughs> you know, just fall to the ground praising this guy as their, you know, new leader. Uh, serious people would say that, yeah, Donald Trump deserves to be impeached and he's done some things which are directly against the Constitution. It's pretty obvious. Pretty yeah. s- and, you know, I don't know how the Republicans can continue to hold up uh, their point or, you know, their lack of point saying that Donald Trump, you know, isn't going to be impeached and he shouldn't rather be uh, removed from office. Right. And, uh, you know, he's just uh, this wonderful guy that was just doing what any other president would ever do. Right. I mean, when you think about impeachment, right, he's been impeached, number one. So what does that mean when it comes to actual, um, you know, holding him accountable? Really nothing. It's in the Senate's uh, hands to hold him accountable. And right now we have, you know, however many senators that are Republicans, I think it's 53, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that are more, you know, complicit and co-conspirators to, to the terrible administration that is Donald Trump and allowing him to get away with it. That's just, it's really unbelievable. It really is. Exactly. And, you know, it, it really is the last hope that we have is that the uh, Democrats can convince four or five of the Republicans to vote uh, to remove Donald Trump from office. Because after this, guess what's going to happen? Donald Trump is going to be so confident that he can get away with anything in the United States right. that our democracy has been challenged, but it's going to be in jeopardy of being lost if Donald Trump continues on. And, you know, I don't say that as someone that just hates Donald Trump. I say that as someone that understands that what he's doing is definitely against the Constitution. Right. It's against humanity. It's, and just going back on that, I think there's 20 Republicans that we need. I think we have, we have 47 uh, Democrats in the Senate, and two-thirds majority would make it 67. So we need 20 Republicans to somehow find a spine 
Yeah, you're right about that. What what I was thinking was that uh, we needed like 51 to at least right, have a trial, majority, a reasonable right. trial, and get some, right, to and vote get some on witnesses and witnesses and documents. But yeah, right. you're right. So it almost seems as though America, get ready for the, the first American dictator pretty soon. <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen. I mean, but in reality, uh, what do we have to really hang our hats on? You know, can we feel really good about how the 2020 election is going to be free and fair? We already know from our intelligence agencies that the last one wasn't, you know, there was influence from Russia. There was, you know, complicity with the Trump administration, whether it was, you know, Donald Trump Jr. taking that meeting in Trump Tower with uh, uh, Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer who came to bring dirt um, to the Trump campaign. And Russia, if you're listening, if that's not conspiring with Russia and asking a foreign adversary for, you know, direct help in our election. Hey, come on in. Exactly. And we have, I mean, we have that to refer to as, um, you know, not being resolved yet because right. we know that Donald Trump is still trying to blame Ukraine for all the interference in the 2016 right. election. Right. Muddy waters. Muddy and guess what? Once he becomes uh, free, free of all charges from this, this uh, pending uh, impeachment trial in the Senate, and he's going to feel all this confidence to, to be able to invite as many people as he wants from other countries right. to interfere in our elections. Yeah. It's, going to be, it's going to be a free-for-all for him after this. Well, I mean, at every turn, he hasn't been uh, held accountable for anything, anything that he's ever done. This guy has done so many terrible things in his life through the 70s till today where he is just, nobody has held him accountable. So now it's like, wow, you're in the highest office in the land. You are the most powerful person in the world, and you've done all of these things to usurp democracy and to, you know, take our elections and give it into the hands of our number one geopolitical adversary in Russia, and you got away with it. How can a person like that ever think that they are not above the law? Because let's be honest, they are at that point. Yeah, that's the thing that's so unbelievable. Again, the comparison to 2016 during the campaign, every Republican knew at least they seem to have some scruples to know that what Donald Trump was doing was uh, crazy, was in, you know, not befitting of a president. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't capable of being a president. And now all of a sudden everything has changed and they've supported him every way that they can. And you know, I think in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, the Republicans are basically doing this because they like power and they like money. And basically the only way that they can continue to get it is through keeping their president around. But that brings up another question that I've had, and mm -hmm. that is, why are the Republicans so adamant about keeping Donald Trump in power? Right. Why not impeach and remove and then put Pence in his place? Yeah. What's so bad about Pence? I mean, I know there are a lot of things that he's done that are questionable. He hasn't really been on trial for any of them, but right. uh, you know, he's definitely got to be better than Trump. Well, he's better from a uh, humanity and uh, restoring normalcy standpoint, although, I don't know, I have to say that with a grain of salt because Mike Pence is pretty friggin' awful. But at the same time, I think what it really comes down to is that Donald Trump's base, despite how, you know, illogical their thinking, is still in the number somewhere between 88 and 90% within Republicans, right? So if you take that into account and you say to yourself, if you are a Republican running for re-election or whatever it may be, if I go against Donald Trump and I'm in any sort of uh, state that would potentially, you know, be considered purple or somewhat just leaning red, 
then I'm starting way behind the eight ball at 88 to 90% of people that, uh, you know, supported Donald Trump. If I, if I, you know, latch myself onto Donald Trump, then I'm starting with that 90% base potentially. Yeah. And there, there you have it. I mean, they're basically really concerned about themselves, concerned about their power, concerned about the fact that they still have a job. They're willing to sacrifice the Constitution. They're willing to give up democracy if it comes to that, right. as long as they can stay in power. But the funny thing is, maybe if, if he does get in power to the point where he becomes a dictator, there won't be a need for any senators anymore. There won't be a judicial <laughs> branch. There won't be a Senate. There won't be a House of Representatives. There'll just be Donald Trump. Well, I mean, Donald Trump and his uh, group of army people. That's about it. Right. I mean, you see that dismantling of our institutions already you know, taking place. I mean, whether you want to you know, think of it as hyperbolic or not, I mean, it really is. You have the Justice Department led by Bill Barr. I mean, this guy has, you know, gone after the Justice Department and basically hollowed it out so that anyone who would question or hold Donald Trump accountable is now, you know, either no longer there or they've resigned in protest or, you know, it's all been swept under the rug. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, this, is, uh, this is something that Donald Trump really needed. I mean, you know, if he's going to become a dictator, he really has to get rid of or at least have the cooperation of the, uh, you know, not only the judiciary, but the Justice Department and the Congress. Right. Right. And he, the Republicans in Congress have already given up their power to him. So now all he has to do is, uh, you know, accomplish uh, getting the Department of Justice under his belt and basically what he does have that already yes. now with Barr because Barr has, Barr has come out so many times and said things that are so uh, totally opposite of what the truth is. Right. Uh, for example, the Mueller report totally exonerated Trump. That's a lot of bull. Right. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, he, he wouldn't uh, agree with his own inspector general on the fact that uh, during the Mueller investigation there was no prejudice or political prejudice against Trump. But anyway, he's definitely, you know, something uh, for, for Donald Trump to accomplish uh, his, you know, steps towards uh, dictatorship. Right. I mean, that's what Donald Trump asked for, right? Where's his Roy Cohn? Well, you got Bill Barr. He's even better. Exactly. I mean, this guy's willing to, to usurp um, all of our institutions and all of yep. our, uh, well, not our judiciary, but the judicial system as the yep. top cop, you know. Barr is, uh, Barr is Donald Trump's uh, second Roy Cohn and also right. the man most likely to create the first American dictator. Yeah. I mean, what is his skin in the game? Is this just another like uh, attempt at grabbing onto power? And, you know, I, I think there is some sort of, uh, well, some sort of desire to always be with someone that's powerful, right? We can, we have examples of that in history and people, oh, this guy's a powerful guy. They want to be with that guy. But what is Bill's bar? I mean, I guess because because Donald Trump is the president, he feels like he can be the guy that Donald Trump, the most yeah. powerful man in the world, can look to for like, you know, his sort of help and support. And that somehow will yeah. put a shining I mean, light into Bill Barr. But in reality, Bill Barr is, you know, throwing away his entire career. Not that it was a very illustrious one in the first place, but still, I mean, he believes the president has almost unlimited power. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he'll do everything he can to protect that unlimited power, even if it's for a madman. Right. So, you know, I guess the guy is really uh, adamant about his uh, beliefs. 
and can't distinguish between people that deserve that kind of power and people that should be having it taken away. Well, it goes against democracy. If you look at how, you know, our, our you know, Declaration of Independence and our Constitution is formed, it was always to get away from that monarchy that we were once under, right, in England, King George. We were trying to get away from the fact that one person has unchecked, you know, unilateral power. We were always trying to get away from that. And, and now we have that again. It's like, you know, history has come full circle and we're back to where we were before the, uh, before the revolution. Yeah, that would be something. I mean, Donald Trump would consider that a win if he could, could turn democracy into a, uh, a royalty, you know, and have him and his family be uh, the kings and queens of America for the rest of their lives. I mean, if there's nothing to stop it, can you imagine what would? Yeah, right. exactly. And, and nothing has stopped everything that's happened so far. And, you know, you, you could tell, you can just basically see that, you know, this guy should not be president. And yet, right. you know, from what we said before about uh, Republicans having a change in heart, all of a sudden now he's, you know, their new God. I know. It's so weird. It really is so weird. You look at Lindsey Graham. You were talking about this earlier, about how he said prior to the 2016 election, I think Donald Trump's a nut. He's a cook. If we elect Donald Trump, we'll get slaughtered. We deserve to. Right. And this is right. the guy that is now, you know, for lack of a better term, kissing his orange butt, yeah. you know? And it's like, what is going on? What yeah. happened? John McCain was the only, like, real Republican that was, you know, in Congress, in the Senate, who was actually yeah. looking to Donald Trump and saying, this is wrong. And Lindsey yeah. Graham was best friends with John McCain. I mean, this Yeah, this so we can't, we can't depend on Republicans to help us through this. We uh, can't depend on the Justice Department to get us through this. I don't know if the military would ever have a coup against him, but <laughs> I don't think so. So I don't think we can depend on the military. So the, the final out, you know, outcome is going to, have to be related to the vote. And the, the problem with that is that I already feel like the right. vote is going to be so much worse than it was in 2016. You know, not only are they going to try to influence us, you know, by changing our thinking about right. you know, politics, but also by the changing the vote. votes at the voting booths. Yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, if you just think of it as objectively as possible, right? I personally, objectively, Considering all the facts that we know, considering all that the intelligence agencies have told us that Russia did in the lead up to the 2016 election, how they actually have gone into voter rolls, and we see that there was hacking here in Florida, where they've accessed Florida, um, you know, voter rolls there. We don't know to the extent that that went any further, but in reality, we know that that thing took place, right? So can mm. you say, I know I can't that uh, I feel confident in 2020, every, my vote's going to matter and my vote is going to count. That's the reality of the situation. I don't know that. I don't know when I go to cast my ballot, cast my ballot for whichever you know, Democratic nominee is, uh, is elected in the primary. I don't know that that's going to be counted as such. And that's the first time that I can ever say that in all of my years of voting. Yeah, I know. We don't even know if when we go, we're going to be... Uh told that our name is not on the rolls anymore right. or anything right. like that. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there's, there's even talk about, uh, you know, there's such control now that they have over our electric grid and our power grid. Right. Exactly. I heard about turn that. the lights off on voting day. Right. And if anyone hasn't heard about that, there's reports from, you know, our intelligence agencies that said that, you know, not only Russia, but China, Saudi Arabia, 
Uh, they are looking to influence the 2020 election, and one of which, one of the reasons, or one of the ways, I should say, is uh, affecting our, our infrastructure, right? So they could potentially turn off all the lights. Imagine that on, you know, voting day. I'm going to go vote. Oh, traffic lights aren't working. All the lights are out in the house. On, in the house. Uh, well, the last thing that I'm thinking about doing at this point is going to vote. You know? right. Plus, I mean, all of the uh, voting machines, unless they've got them on generators, probably exactly. also run on some right. kind of electricity. Right. So that's, you know, that's, that's definitely a scary thing, but a reality. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, you know, the thing that's scary is that with all of the things that we know happened during the 2016 election, uh, that the Republicans in each of those Republican-run states especially didn't want any more help to figure out what was going on. They don't want to do any more to make their polling places more safe. Right, they don't want elections to more safe. Exactly, give more you money know, to these the states. The president and the Republicans in Congress, uh, at least the Senate, are, have not even approved any cyber security bills that have been passed. Right. And that's another thing that irritates me and kind of gets onto a different subject, but the fact that the Republicans who are holding everything up in the Senate uh, have the ner nerve to call Democrats to do nothing Democrats. Right. Even more, and this is, you know, we were talking about this the other day, but there's so many things that have happened that are so ridiculously awful that you start to forget some of them. Like, I'm going to throw one out there right now to you. Remember when Trump said that we're going to have Russia help us with uh, cybersecurity? Exactly, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I remember that. That, that yeah, is insane. That. It's like, yeah, that would be great. The guy, you know, now Trump has more intelligence than you or I or, you know, anyone in the public knows, right? So he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt because he talks to his general, his jo joints joint? Joint Chiefs of Staff, and they tell him, look, it's undoubtedly Russia, right? There's right. no doubt about it. So then when he knows that and then comes out later on and says, you know what? We're going to have Russia help us with cybersecurity. Yeah, right. Unbelievable. <laughs> he actually said that, and it's unbelievable. He said that in public, and he said it on a new show. It was, it was just unbelievable. Right. But, I mean, how many things does he say? I mean, he said so many things that yeah. were obviously, you know, misdirected, misunderstood, illogical. He's, been, he's just been unbelievably bad. And, you know, the, the things that he said, when, you know, one of the things that really stands out in my mind that he went back and tried to correct later on was that, well, I talked with Putin, and Putin said he, he was very strong about it. He said he didn't do anything to interfere in the election. I don't see why he should. I don't see why it would be him. Yeah, why it would be him uh, that he I don't interfered. Know, because of the whole of the intelligence community telling you that it was him? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Exactly. Because and your son. Here's took a guy that believes meeting? Putin over the trillion dollar agencies that we have supplying him with information and intelligence every single day. Unbelievable. Right. Right. And he has the gall. And, and people have the, the stupidity to believe that they shouldn't trust the FBI. Or they shouldn't trust our intelligence That's agencies. But yeah, they should trust Putin. Right, right. Have you seen those uh, Trump supporters that had shirts on that said, I'd rather be Russian than a Democrat? It's like, yeah. Know, and that goes back to, uh, I remember one time I was at an airport uh, waiting for my plane and I was watching TV uh, at the airport and they had a new show on. And all these Republicans were saying, yeah, oh, we think Putin is a much stronger president than Obama. Right. Or when Trump, another, again, another thing that just that came to my mind. before Trump. When you said that, when uh, I forget who it was that he was speaking with, maybe uh, Bill O'Reilly, 
back in 2017 before the Super Bowl or something like that, where he said, you know, Putin is a murderer. He murders people. He murders journalists. Mm -hmm. he mur yep. And then Trump, in his response, was, yeah, yeah, we got a lot of bad people here. You think we're so innocent? <laughs> exactly. Were you kidding exactly. me? Yeah, we could, do a, we could do another hour of all the things that he said just by going through those statements and trying to talk about them. Longer than that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just that's, that's what we're dealing with right now. So we become desensitized to the craziness that is Donald Trump and all the things that he's done leading up for the last three you know, right. plus years. Right, and that's, you know, it's so hard for me to believe that the people that are his followers have you know, are seeing this happen. Either they, they are not paying attention or they believe him when he says, oh, yeah. it's all a big hoax or it's just fake news. You know, and, and these are things right, that he and said. They it. He said these things in public and yet they still don't believe he said them. Or he, all he has to do is the next, the next day he comes on and says, well, I didn't mean that or it was just a joke. No, you know, no, not really. <laughs> and can we go back for a second because you just brought that up. It made me think, you know, in 2016, when they had the election, I was kind of pulling for Trump. I was pulling for him not for the reason that I wanted him to win, but because I thought he was such an unbelievably flawed candidate. Right, during the campaign. Right. During the primary. No during the primary, right? not the general, in the primary. I wanted him to win the primary because I thought, he's going to get slaughtered. He right. is going to lose everything. This guy, after the Access Hollywood tape came yep. out and he still stayed in, yep. the guy's talking about sexually assaulting women. I thought, personally... Yeah. Maybe two, maybe 3% of uh, the electorate would vote for him. I never thought that it would come right. to this. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, we, just, I, we didn't know how big racism was in America. That's all. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, he's been so obvious that uh, he's, he's definitely racially uh, biased. Right. Uh, that uh, we didn't realize how big that problem was. I mean, I, the fact is, is race, definitely. But not only that, the fact that any woman could vote for a guy after hearing exactly. what he said yeah. about women and yeah. having these 20 plus accusers come forward credibly accusing yeah. him of things the things that he said about his own daughter and if he if she wasn't his daughter he would be dating her right yeah. or that 10 year old 12 year old girl going up the escalator see her in about 10 years i'm going to be dating her yeah. who says that besides a sick man yeah. Yeah. right and somehow people voted this guy in it's just insane to me yeah yeah, just uh, it's unbelievable. But I mean, a lot of things had to uh, to go right for him <laughs> in order for it to work that way. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that he had popularity as uh, you know the person on the show yeah. there, the Apprentice, right? Uh, that gave him a, a big, you know, one big step in into the ring. And and basically, everybody, I think everybody thinks that you know when he says stuff as a tough guy or when he says stuff that's obviously misogynist racial, all of that, they, they give him a break because he's so rich. You know, they think he's so rich. He must be a, I mean, I remember even my brother at one point in time said, you know, uh, you know, I want to be rich. He's, he must be good. He must be a good guy. Cause look how he has got so much money. He's going to run the country really well. Yeah. The only problem is the country doesn't run like a corporation and especially Donald Trump's corporations, which many of them don't survive. Right. Filed bankruptcy numerous times. I mean, yeah, the wealth thing, I think the star you know, status, the celebrity status kind of give him name recognition. But I think on top of that, a lot of tribalism comes into it, right? Because people are going to hate Democrats if they're Republican, no matter what. So if this guy is the nominee as a Republican, then you give him a pass for everything. Oh, that's just locker room talk. 
Yeah, no. that's no, and that's nothing. And then, yep. you, you know, you have all of these issues where, where people will stay within their tribe, within their republicanism, if there's a D next to the other guy or the other girl. Yeah. And that, that whole question about how did we come, become so tribal as a country really is a, is a good question. I mean, how, I don't have an answer for it, but in the old days, you know, if you go back to the 50s and even the early 60s, the Republicans were not as biased as they are today, as tribal as they are today. Today, it's like, you're right. It's, like, it's almost like you know, the Civil War. It's almost like basically you guys are totally different than us. We don't believe in anything you do or say. We want to cut food stamps. We want to cut everything for the social Medicare, welfare of the Medicaid. country. Donald Trump is a good guy because he's letting the polluters pollute our, our rivers with oil waste and all of that stuff. Right. And this whole total you know, change of, of uh, thinking is, is rel- relatively recent. I think it probably happened you know, sometime after the 70s, maybe, maybe during Ronald Reagan in the 1980s when the, uh, you know, he came up with this idea of, of the uh, you know, trickle-down economics right. and all of that. That kind of led to a lot of uh, you know, people that were suffering uh, in the big wide gap in... in uh, wage gap. Yeah, the big wage gap that we mm-hmm. have now between the top and the, and the bottom and even the middle. Yeah, I mean, you can even go back to, I mean, the times of Nixon, right? Nixon, Republicans still had, uh, you know, country over party. Yeah, right? absolutely. They were the ones that were yeah. holding him accountable. They were the ones that drew up articles of impeachment. Exactly, yep. I mean, yep. and, and Donald Trump, you know, a guy always likes to be first or something. Hey, you beat, you beat Nixon because Nixon actually wasn't impeached. That's a, a misnomer for a lot of people. Nixon wasn't impeached. There was articles that were drawn up against him and they were going to vote on them. Uh, and once those articles were drawn up, he said, you know what, I'm out of here. Uh, Ford, you're going to pardon me? Okay, great. Thanks. I'm out. Yeah, you know, exactly. Donald Trump's I mean, gone past that. Congratulations, yeah, Donald you're Trump. Right. You're right about that. So, you know, definitely there's evidence there that uh, Republicans at one time did have a spine. I mean, country <laughs> over party. And yeah. they were more interested in what's right than in keeping their, their big guy in, in power. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it now, it's like, what do you... If you are a Donald Trump sycophant, you are aligning yourself with the worst of the worst we've ever seen in, you know, American democracy. We have a guy who, I mean, you look at history, everyone's had many, com- many countries that are much older than us, right? They've had their dictators. They've had, you know, Stalin, Hitler, Mussolini. Uh, all of these, these dictators happen, right? And that doesn't mean that we're immune to getting that. We, our country is, what, 280-plus years old? We can definitely have that happen here, and it feels like we're on the way to that. Yeah, I mean, especially where we're not getting uh, any of the constitutional elements of Donald Trump's uh, criminality. We're right. not being even questioned. Whenever, whenever the Constitution becomes violated, you're no longer operating within a democracy. If you can get away with what Donald Trump has gotten away with, then... You might as well say, yep, we've accomplished it. We've changed the administrative state. We've destroyed the administrative state so much so that we no longer have a democracy. Right. Exactly. I mean, and we can't allow that to happen, you know, and that's why, you know, you see people like, let's go out and vote. Let's make sure that we knock on doors. Let's do all these things. And that's great. I think people absolutely should do that. But can we have the utmost confidence that that's going to matter? Because we have someone at the highest level of government protected by 
people like Bill Barr and Republicans in Congress that are saying, you know what? Russia influencing our election again wouldn't be bad because that helps us. They're not going to help Democrats. Of course not. So the confidence that that voting for a new elected leader, uh, you know, I, I don't have it. I just don't have it. Although I'm going to, of course, vote for Democrats up and down the ticket. I don't have what I had before 2016, which is the utmost confidence in our election. And that's yeah. scary. How do we get back to that? How do I get that confidence back? Yep, and we have a lot of time between now and the election. I mean, in, in the scheme of things, it's not that much time, but right. uh, it, every day seems like 10 years with Donald Trump as president. So it's, it's mm -hmm. going to be like quite a few years <laughs> before we have an election. <laughs> and uh, you guarantee that there's going to be something more terrible that Donald Trump is going to do. And uh, maybe one of those things will finally convince his followers yeah. that uh, they shouldn't vote for him. Or maybe it'll convince at least the Republican Party that they should uh, vote to impeach or at least maybe, uh, you know, silence him in some way uh, so that you know, he doesn't uh, lead us into a dictatorship. Yeah. I mean, I really think it's going to take more of the American electorate that says, you know what, this is ridiculous. I cannot support this guy anymore. And then once that becomes a dull roar to, you know, a really large amount of people saying 60, 65% that says this guy should be removed, then I think you're going to start to see Republicans, hopefully anyway, uh, decide to stop, you know, attaching their star to his wagon and saying, okay, this, I got I to gotta vote yeah. against this guy. I think, you know, if you see a change in the base, if the base starts saying, even this is even too much for me, mm -hmm. uh, and that could be saying a lot, but there's going to be something. Yeah, guarantee it. There's going to be something. Whoever knew that Donald Trump was going to do as much as he's done so far and get away with it, I mean, there's going to be something that's going to stop him. And it's going to bring the base, attention to the base. The base is going to start leaving. Once the Republicans in office see that they're going to lose their base anyway with Donald Trump, then their priority is going to be to get someone else in place of Trump. So they're going to probably want him out. Maybe they'll do some kind of a impeachment trial after that even if they get a, even if he gets acquitted the first time maybe the second time he won't yeah i mean one can only hope one can only hope but i mean i, I think nancy pelosi not not submitting the impeachment articles to the senate to allow that sham to go through i think right. that's really really good if you look at any of donald trump's tweets in the past you know five six seven days really under his skin you know, and then we have more things coming out. Those those FOIA requests for information uh, are coming through, and we're learning more information uh, that that was you know surrounding the Ukrainian scandal uh, right. that is coming out. That that becomes more of a uh, pressure point for Republicans to not. I mean, all of these things you can't just sit back if you're a Republican and go, yeah, I guess I'm okay with all of this. The more that piles on it, there has to be a breaking point, right? I mean, you yeah. can't just sit there and go. We're okay with all of this. I mean, is it going to take someone right. shot on in the middle of Fifth Avenue before Republicans are like, yeah, I guess that's my breaking point. Yeah, right. I mean, again, I, I think it's going to be when the Republicans in office start seeing that the base is leaving Donald Trump, <clears throat> they need to replace him, and that will be the end of Donald Trump. And the sad part about that is that goes back to what we were just saying about how the lust and the greed for power and their ability to stay in office is what's right. going to make them, I'm right. using air quotes, you guys can't see me, patriotic, right? right? Because right. it's like, they're not doing, they're not, they're not, you know, you know, 
detaching themselves from Donald Trump because they love country. It's like, oh boy, you know, if I stay with Donald Trump here, I'm going to go down with this ship. So let me jump off so that now that he's at, you know, minus 60 or 65% and that 65% of the country wants to see him uh, removed. If I stay attached to that, I'm in real trouble here. So let me go ahead and jump off. But really, it's just a personal power play. If that happens and and, uh, he loses a sizable amount of his base and they don't jump off, then we know that the fix is in. And And Russia is part of the Republican Party. And they know (laughs) that they are going to win no matter what. No matter how many votes they get, they're still going to win because Russia is part of that whole thing. And they're going to just let them into the polling places. I mean, and that's going to be the end of democracy. But uh, I think it will happen. I think uh, eventually Donald Trump will do something so bad that his base will start leaving him. And once God that happens, right. then all of the rats in the Republican Party will show their stripes and start jumping off the ship. Mm-hmm. Mixing metaphors there. I don't think rats have stripes, but I get your point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. No, I get your point. No, I mean, I hope so, too. I really hope so too. I mean, it's just, it's tough because, you know, if past is prologue, we've seen no Republicans, save for John McCain during the uh, healthcare debate, that have actually done anything for country right. over, over party. Right. I mean, we see a few of them who no longer are running next year, who are retiring now or whatever, that will say some things. Um, yeah. You know, there was a little bit of hope that uh, former governor of Massachusetts. Oh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. God, how did I forget that? Yeah. Uh, Mitt Romney. That he might, would somehow, yeah. Might come out and say something. At least, you know, he, at least he knew what it was like to be a Democratic uh, state uh, right. governor. Well, again, yeah, he's, he then, again, geared his, uh, you know, ideology or his beliefs, again, air quotes, into the more liberal Massachusetts because, uh, hey, he wanted to get elected. In a, right. in a predominantly liberal state, um, you know, right. so he's got to like play the same game, which is kind of crazy. But you know what really gets me is the senators who had a chance to do something when, when Donald Trump, uh, when they were in office and Donald Trump was president, I'm talking about Jeff Flake more specifically, right? Yeah. This guy all of a sudden becomes righteous and indignant as soon as he leaves office. Right. And he's going to tell everyone, it's like, what, are you kidding me? It's, it would be crazy if you, I don't know, were a senator right. at one point had the opportunity to do something, but all you did was vote with him. Right. I mean, that says something about Republicans in general, and they all follow that. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of courage that uh, is not courage at all. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, hopefully, hopefully this whole thing, maybe, maybe this whole thing has a, has a uh, silver lining, and that is that if we don't become a dictatorship and Donald Trump either eventually gets impeached or removed from office, rather, and, uh, you know, doesn't become elected, maybe this whole thing will have shown the population of the United States, the voters of the United States, that if you're a Republican, you may want to think about either modifying your platform, your philosophies, or becoming more moderate or becoming more liberal than you are today. Because the Republican Party, after Donald Trump, in my opinion, should almost go extinct if they continue on with the same uh, policies that they've had uh, through the last 30 or so years. Yeah, I mean, I really hope that's the case, you know? I really hope that's the case. I just really wish that we weren't pinning our hopes on those that have shown, you know, at every opportunity to be courageous and at every opportunity to put country over party said, nope. No, yeah. my, own, my own preservation is a much more important to me. Well, hopefully good will triumph over evil. 
and that uh, childhood uh, adage that we were told is, will become the truthful adage uh, eventually. Yeah. Well, I think uh, going to wrap it up here. Yeah, I think that was, going on for was a while. Uh, good. It was good. We didn't we didn't accomplish anything, but at least we got a lot of stuff off of our chest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that is productive at all in the first place, you know? Maybe, it, maybe it's food for thought anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, very good. Well, I guess uh, we'll do the same time next week. Absolutely. <laughs> See you then. <laughs>